Welcome to the UFC Commentaries, UFC 7 edition, The Brawl in Buffalo, September 8th, 1995, in Buffalo, New York, the Memorial Auditorium. I'm Chris Forwardell, he's Greg Crone, and uh, our first fight <laughs> up today, Marco Huas versus <laughs> Larry Kiritan, kicking off UFC 7. And uh, let me know, Gregory, when you're prepared I have it all set up. Well, I don't, so you just give me a second. <laughs> Perfectly fine. Yeah, this was uh, this was the last time they were in Buffalo in, until uh, until just about a month or so ago when they returned because of the New York ban on MMA. So, oh, interesting. All right, a long, long time. I am ready to go. I have pushed play. I am two seconds in, and we are kicking off UFC seven. Greg, why <laughs> is there a UFC seven and a half? They decided to have like a, a, a just a tournament that they called Ultimate Ultimate 1995. A lot of your bigger name guys from the tournaments of that year came together and had another tournament for oh $150,000. More Michael Buffer, by the way. More Blue Buffer. suit jacket, very very awesome. And that like old school gold uh, gold. Uh... What's the timepiece called? A watch. Probably a Rolex. The word I'm looking for was watch. <laughs> well. Wow, already starting off in the cage. Interesting. Yeah, I like this. I do too. And this guy, ah, he he does not look like a UFC fighter to me. <laughs> what does he look like to you exactly? I'm not sure. Like I feel like like he's my in shape accountant. This is Marco Kuas. Yeah, I, I mean, Valley Tudo champion. Pretty pretty good uh, <laughs> uh, background as far as fighting goes. I don't know what what is Valley Tuda. It's essentially it's essentially like MMA for uh, like in Brazil. Larry Curitan, zero and one in the octagon. Must have been a uh, prelim fight that we never actually saw. Does Curitan look like he's got an interesting tan line going? Yeah, it's like he was outside in the sun just a tad too long with a singlet on. Yeah, or or like a super muscle shirt, like one of those super yeah. like spaghetti string muscle shirts. <laughs> Him, yeah, him, Hulk Hogan, and Arnold were all hanging out wearing super weird muscle shirts. You know what? Yeah. We did see Curitan before because I remember that haircut. The rat tail. Yeah. yeah but it's off, like, it. the top of his head. I like how... It's I a like question mark. Is, that's awesome. The uh, the age for Marco Huas, a question mark. He is six foot one. He's 210. Curitan is six uh, is 35. We can confirm that. Six foot two, 246 pounds. Big John and the fight is on how did they how did they let a guy fight without giving up his age what did they just ask him and he said no uh, oh a body slam you don't see a lot of body slams no Curtin this... not letting go of that head which uh was an interesting move to now be completely in a bad position well, at this like point Curtin's like kind of trying to grab and then he's like oh it's his butt and he lets it go <laughs> yeah he definitely did that <laughs> He went for he went for like a foot at first, and then came up and got full butt cheek, and decided against it. So Huas on top of Curitan in the middle of the octagon. Curitan now on top. He's a, he's going for a full mount position, Gregory. But it doesn't seem like he's going to get there. There you go, Chris. Look at you. Learn you've learned in it's this, the, in the seven podcasts. It's the one phrase I know, so I just bust it out whenever possible, even if it doesn't necessarily apply. See, and I held out. I was gonna say it, and I let it go because because I learned to let you let you get yours in when you can. <laughs> you let me show off the one thing that I've learned over the last two and a half months. Absolutely, I appreciate that. Uh, so, 
teach teach a little bit now. This uh, holding on to the cage is no longer legal, right? One thousand percent illegal. Okay. Based so, on the fact that it gives you more leverage, it doesn't let it doesn't let the guy move you, you know, as you would naturally. Uh-huh. You know, it it just gives you such an advantage to basically fully grip the metal cage and and not uh, being able to be moved. So that's that was who that was Huas uh, grabbing grabbing the cage, right? Because it's it is nah, kind of Curitan. Was it? Because it's kind of tough to tell. Because like Curitan, very black. But Huas is a super duper tan. Like this guy has spent a lot of time in the tanning salon. I don't know, man. From Brazil, he might just be on the beach. Uh, maybe, maybe. But you can see, like, you can see some tan lines. Also, interesting tan line on Curitan's wrist as well. Well, you know, he's got to rock that watch when he's out there. Nice headbutt on the beach, just rocking the yeah. watch. He, he jumps in the tanning bed, gets the gets his uh. <laughs> It leaves his watch on by accident. I'm sure, that's great for the battery. Curitan is uh, he is not in shape. No, I feel like he's probably exhausted at this point. Yeah, this is uh, this is an interesting fight. I really, I need, I, I genuinely need more of a, a discrepancy in terms of skin color, so it's easier for me to tell where Jesus. one of them stops and the other one begins. I, this is just a right. mass of brown on the ground right now. He is. I feel like I feel like Huas is trying to grab that rat tail. Oh yeah, as he should. If somebody comes into the ring with that stupid rat tail in a fight with me, especially in these early UFCs where anything goes, I'm trying to rip that thing off. That's my only goal one thousand percent. Yeah, that's my only goal in the match. I like he's got to he's got to like oil that thing up. He's got to. Oh, he just got kicked in the face. That was amazing. This nice is, little up kick. This is a super weird position. Like I think this is one of like the more unconventional positions that we've seen. Curitan looks like he's going for the figure four leg lock, and uh, Huas is just – he's just trying to kick him in the face. Yeah. Like, he uh, he spent a lot of time preparing for this fight with Ric Flair. Huas is oiled up. Oh, he's got the – he's got the some kind of hold. He's got an arm hold. Uh, Curitan it's, taps. It's a, a heel hook. <laughs> a heel hook. All right. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust that you didn't just make that up. If you I did, did not. More power to you. Our winner from this first fight – Marco Huas, and we're gonna see this uh, the super oiled up Brazilian again in just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he definitely definitely looked good in that fight for uh, for for taking this and, and basically not knowing his age. What is this angle we're seeing right now? I don't know. It's like above. This this is like the precursor to the NFL's like hanging wires on Monday Night Football. Yeah, this is just, but you know, in like 1995, that's just a guy hanging by his feet from the rafters. Yeah, absolutely. There was not a ton of technology involved in that. <laughs> well, interesting first fight. Uh, Huas with the win over the rat tailed Curitan, who drops to 0 and 2 in his time in the octagon. I don't, can't imagine we're going to see much more Earl Curitan. Larry. Larry? Curitan. Close enough. I feel like Earl Curitan is somebody, though, and uh, I'm not sure who. He sounds like like a, an offensive lineman from the early '90s. Entirely possible. Entirely possible. Like he was a he was a Green Bay Packers offensive guard in 1990. Yeah, that'd be perfect. He he got like a, he got like one last shot after he left the Packers to uh, he got like one last shot with like the Rams. There you go. And Buffer back is he? A, he's announcing the victor here. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Announcing the winner. It's weird because they have weird blue lighting behind him, so his jacket kind of like melts into it well, doesn't make a lot of sense to marco huas with the win 
White Sox fan here in the stands rocking the, uh, the Brazilian flag. In Buffalo, which is interesting. Yeah, I don't know how well that's going to go over, but that is our first fight of the evening. We're going to move on to our next fight, which is Remco Paradell versus Ryan Parker. Oh, karate karate in this one. Yeah, buddy. This is uh, this this could be awesome. It's uh, it's going to be short though cuz uh, I see the time. Let me know when you're ready. Uh am ready. This, this is wait, can, all right, go ahead. That's fine. But can I just say, you know how when you're about to start a fight, it gives you a little teaser from another fight? Yeah. Well, I just got Remco Pardell versus Marco Huas. <laughs> in UFC 7. Like, don't spoil it for me. Like, now I know for sure Remco's going to win, and I can tell you that I feel confident that Remco is the better fighter. Uh, you're probably right. Remco has the experience in the octagon. Ryan Parker's busy looking like Curtis Axel from current day WWE. <laughs> wow. It's a whole thing. A it's a really weird reference. A reference that is lost on me, my friend. Uh, not surprising. Completely lost on me. And I like that they're just, the ring girls are just like carrying around signs with the type of fighting style from these people. That's, that's, the, that's the early staple of the UFC. Jiu-Jitsu. This guy, I don't know which one this is, but he looks angry or confused. I, my guess is it's Remco Pardue is who you're looking at. Well, in that case, he's getting ready for victory. <laughs> Look how it spoiled it for you. That's great. I know. That's, what, what crap. What absolute crap. Does that guy have an Expos hat on in the background? I, I, I hope so. This guy, the other, it's karate versus jujitsu, uh, looks like what I'm seeing here. I believe so. Which, let's not kid ourselves, that's just karate versus karate. Can we just, yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> but can we can we please show the other guy? We've yet to see Ryan Parker. We're a minute, there we go. He's yeah. a student at Moorhead State University. Ryan Parker well, is a young man. How did they convince him to step in here and fight this guy? Or he could be a grad student. He could be in his early 30s. Remco Pardue made a final in a UFC. I can't remember if it was one or two. All right, Pardue, but he made a final. Jiu-Jitsu, Judo, 26, 6'4", 265. Big man, Ryan Parker, is a Akin, Akinawan Karate, 25 years old, 6'3", 235 pounds from Moorhead, Minnesota. To be honest, I'm just glad they got the ages of both guys. It's very important. Yeah, right? To step up from the last fight. Very important. This guy, is his... So his... Pardue, his, he's sponsored? Is that what I'm seeing on the back of this gi? It looks like it says something about an auto play. <laughs> Parker is just trying to punch him in the head as Pardue, I can only assume, tries to bite his ear. It's what it looks like. He's got him pressed up against the cage. And not a ton of action early on. There's a lot of hugging. Uh, he's going for a trip of some sort to try and get him down, maybe a judo throw, and yeah, yeah, there it is. And this feels like this is probably going to be over real, not uh, not too long from now. Just punching, Pardue is just punching Parker in the head. He is basically like the older brother in this situation, just completely taking advantage of the younger brother. It really is exactly what it looks like. He has him in like a, like a modified crucifix position where he's controlling that left arm with his legs or his right arm with his legs, and it's just unloading punches on him. Yeah, this is just like, uh, you know, two brothers fighting at a karate class. Pretty much. All this is. And, uh, Gregory, I'm going to give you a little breaking news. The Philadelphia Phillies dropped today's game to the Texas Rangers 8-4. to 
Oh, wow. Breaking news. Another get swept again. I believe they dropped uh, to 14 and 24 on the season. Man, they have faded so quickly. Yeah, and at least and top prospect JP JP Crawford hitting 165 in AAA. Uh, according to the guys on the radio here, he's his bat's turning around though. It's uh, turning I think, around. I think he had two hits a couple of days ago. I'm not sure what he did last night, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much what they said. <laughs> here we are with uh, Pardue back on top. I'm not sure what exactly is he trying to do right now. What is he going for? I don't know if he's trying to choke him. Maybe uh, you know, put a little bit of pressure on on his neck. It doesn't look like it's super successful at the moment. It's a weird position. I don't understand what the goal here is, but if he if he's depends on you can't see his left arm, so it depends on where it's at. Oh well, now, yeah, he's not really choking him, I guess, unless he's putting a lot of pressure on with like a shoulder or something like that. But it doesn't look like he's in the the right position for something like that. This is a, this is a pure dominance. Yeah, it looks like he has his wrist closer to his neck rather than the, the forearm or anything you would traditionally use to choke. This is I don't know. Is this just wear Parker down mentally and uh, hope it's that he, he gives up? It absolutely has to. I mean, he has nowhere to go. Parker trying trying to land a couple of punches to the head of Pardue, but. Uh, Doing absolutely nothing, and this is, I mean, we've seen fights where it was literally just one guy laying on top of the other, but this is, in those fights, at least there's a goal they're trying to accomplish. This is just Pardue laying on top of Ryan Parker. Yeah, this is kind of the definition of it. He's legitimately just, like, he has his, like, his, like, waist up by his chest and is just literally pressing his chest up against his head. Hearts auto... OSS. Oh, is that a tap? Okay, we got it. Looks like we had a tap. I'm, I eh? guess Parker just got bored. Had to have. Uh, Parker it does not look much worse for the wear, quite frankly. In terms of uh, losing fighters, he looks pretty fine. Not a ton of damage. Not a ton of damage taken, honestly, from striking or anything like that. It was more grappling and being laid on. <laughs> being laid on. Ah, the old victory by laying on your opponent. Yeah, wow, interesting move. Took his mouth guard out, tucked it inside of his gi. Not sure if there's pockets in there, but uh, now he's going to have to walk around with a wet gi. Yeah, or or uh, put a sweaty mouthpiece back in his mouth. It's pretty disgusting, to be perfectly honest. Gregory, it is disgusting. and I like this is a great angle where each guy is just punching the other guy <laughs> in the head. Well, and the fact is they're dressed exactly the same, and if he didn't have the Hearts Auto thing on his... Uh, it would be just one pile of clothing. I wonder how big uh, UFC was in the Netherlands at this point, because that did seem like it was, you know, back back home in the Netherlands. This uh, Hearts Auto. Yeah, I mean, I, I that's a good question. I wonder. I wonder. Uh, I wonder how lucrative that sponsorship was. <laughs> Multi hundred dollar sponsorship. Right there. <laughs> you got a cool two hundred and fifty dollars for that one. Yeah, paid for gas while he was in New York. <laughs> oh, this is 95, so that's uh, gas probably wasn't that bad at this point. We're looking Couldn't at, have been. Back at that dollar a gallon gas. Uh, that will be... If only. I, I, okay, so we're going to move on to this next fight, and then I'll, I'll tell the story I'm going to tell. We've got... Oh, crap! Here we go! Mark Hall versus our guy, Harold Howard. I could not be more excited about this. Do you understand that I actually went back today and watched like random like uh, uh, 
like uh, best of Harold Howard in the UFC videos, like tribute videos on YouTube. Oh, I could not be more excited about this. This is okay. This has to stop now. <laughs> so the up next for me is Paul Ver- Verilins versus Mark Hall. So things don't go good for Harold Howard here. As our boy, our know. boy. Uh, convicted killer, Harold Howard. Not killer, attempted. Uh, okay, so alleged attempted murderer. Harold Howard, who has yet to respond to my Twitter request. I'm amazed. I uh, can't believe that. Well, in fairness, he hasn't used Twitter in about 17 months, but it's there for he, him. He does have a pinned tweet from July of 2016. Yes, he does. All right, tell me when you're ready to get into this thing. I'm ready. Let's do it then. Uh, so, yes, this, this has to stop. I have genuine issues, Harold Howard, that it would a man, Mark Hall. Mark Hall looks like he's about to be on American Ninja Warrior. He does. Like he's getting ready to, to, to take a shot at the warped wall. Absolutely. Harold Howard's face looks totally different in that upfront picture. Yeah, well, it's because he's shaved, I think. Yeah, that could be it. That could be it. It's a huge difference. No beard, no Terminator sunglasses, no side interviews. No attempted murder. Well, this was prior to that, but sure. What if he tried to kill Michael Buffer right now? Well, I feel like I feel like it would have been a lot different, a much different event had that happened. <laughs> I have no idea what you mean. No idea what this, you mean. These ring girls, yeah. uh, some of the outfits, not leaving a lot to the imagination. Do they really go in different directions from UFC to UFC. I mean, every every week it's different. It's very weird. <laughs> and, you know, it's uh, something to keep an eye on for each and every new UFC. Jiu-Jitsu. That is, that is a 1995 haircut for a female. And that 1, is a 1995 haircut for a male. Man, he looks jacked, too. And he is, like, this is, like, prime prison shape, Harold Howard. I mean, this is, you're just about ready to attempt murder. Yeah, he Harold looks like Howard. he's. that's what he's considering right now. Like, just staring off into the distance, thinking about who he's going to kill after this. I don't Allegedly. understand. How, I don't understand who would willingly step into a cage across from this man. No, that's a crazy person. That's a crazy yeah. person. All right, so Mark Hall, Taekwondo, 34 years old, 6 foot tall, 190 pounds. Harold Howard, karate and jiu-jitsu, 37 years old, 6 foot 2, 240, from Niagara Falls, Ontario. And that just shows that not every Canadian... Has manners. Fifty pound weight advantage here for Howard. Yep, and it's not going to go well for him, and it's not going to go well quickly. But he is uh, intimidating right now as he hops towards Mark Hall. I mean, the karate stance, ready to go. No, hands <laughs> down, too. Hands down, like I'm just going to come in, and you're not going to hit me. Yeah, it just I'm going to destroy you. Howard goes hard in Mark Hall. Hall, it looks like he's going to turn it around. But no, he actually kept his footing. Now he's pulling on the ponytail. Pulling on the mullet is Mark Hall, which only goes to piss off Harold Howard. Howard Harold Howard had like a choke with one hand as if he were actually trying to summon the powers of the Undertaker and choke slam him. Oh, yeah, he's trying to pop that guy's head off right now. That, that, just that is a scary dude. Punched in the side of the head. Hall, has, uh, he's got position on top. There's some, It looks like some blood. Harold Howard is bleeding from it looks like the nose, maybe right under his eye, bleeding badly. There is yeah, it's a, a bad cut. A lot of blood in the octagon right now. Only a couple of minutes left in this fight, so I'm wondering what is this going to get stopped? Is 
Paul going to get some sort of tap out? It, it looks like he is both holding on to Howard's hair and headbutting him, not letting him go anywhere. Pulling on the hair is an interesting technique, but I like it. Use everything to your advantage when there's no rules. Here's an interesting question. Oh, just vicious headbutts. Is Harold Howard more or less intimidating with a bloody face? Uh, more. I'm going to say less. Certainly more. No, I'm going to say really? less. Really? You're going to say because he's human? It shows that he's human? <laughs> yes, it's, he's, he, you can make him bleed. He's not a cyborg? You can make him bleed. Is this, okay, it's quite a verbal easy. tap out. Harold Howard with the verbal tap out. What a, what a punk. What a punk, Harold Howard. Let me down in a big, big way right now. Let me tell Very you. Very disappointing. Not and he he looks angry. He does not look like oh yeah. Uh, no no he looks happy. He's hey, good fight good fight made me bleed. Couldn't couldn't be happier. And he Mark raises Hall. Mark Hall's hand. God, what if the sport. UFC wants to make any money, we need Mark Hall or not Mark Hall. We need Harold Howard as the third man in the booth. That would be probably be more interesting than uh, Jim Rome or uh, Jim Rome Jim Brown. Yes, very much so. Jim Brown might actually is he who is one of the people that's in the booth right now? It's it's right now it's John Anik, Joe Rogan, and a they usually throw in a third guy who's a current fighter, anywhere from like light heavyweight champion Daniel Cormier or Do, Dominic Cruz has gotcha. been in there with them. But Wasn't there talk of a like a Jim Rome kind of? Person? Oh, there was there was there was rumors right when they fired Mike Goldberg that. Right. Uh, that Jim Rome was going to be the replacement for him. But uh, nothing seemed to come to fruition from that. It seemed to just be uh, rumors, and that's it. Oh, he gave he gave the old Diamond Dallas Page yeah. <laughs> X move. And, uh, He's throwing, that's throwing, out, up, apparently. throwing up the X, and apparently that means I give up. And uh, Mark uh, Hall. Mark Hall is excited. I, I would be, too. I would just assume that this guy is going to kill me. Well, that's obvious. What noise am I hearing? Oh, well, we're good. So Michael Buffer is uh, in this beautiful blue suit, and it almost does look like it's green screen behind him because of the I know, movie. right? It's weird. Mark Hall, Harold Howard is giving nothing but respect to Mark Hall. It's Harold Howard, you know, a great man. I think a legend, both, an both, absolute legend of the game. Both agree that he is just an utterly great man with zero flaws. All right, well, this one also going to be ruined for me because of what we saw just previously. But Paul Paul Verilins is going to take on Jerry Harris. This is uh, going to be another relatively short fight. Really moving along today, I feel like. So knowing what how long this takes, we're we're due for a pretty long fight at some point, right? Yeah, we'll we'll eventually hit hit a couple a uh, couple long ones. I am uh, one second in, sir. All right, let's go. Let's do this. Yeah, uh, Varland, who was in the finals, I believe, of uh, UFC 6. I will take your word for it. I can't remember now. Man, just I, th- thank God. And by the way, first of all, thank you know, again, thank everybody for, for listening and, uh, and supporting us and all of that. And especially thank you if you listened through the audio problems that we had last week, because I know it was borderline unlistenable. And we apologize. I apologize. Not your Varland's fault. Varland's... Wa- no, oh yeah. Well, yeah, for the audio stuff. But Varlins was a semifinalist last week, not okay. a finalist. Okay. I forgot he lost. I feel like you're much less intimidating when you're losing your hair for some reason. It's uh, not, it's for not sure, sign, it's not a sign of virility. For sure. Also, when you played the cop in Die Hard, 
doesn't it doesn't make you as intimidating either. Hey, Die Hard it's was on TV just uh, two days ago. Well, you know, I got to see it, Carl from Family Matters and uh, and good old BW interacting. <laughs> BW, I like how you get you and B Dubs are on uh, on initial base. Good no, work by you. I, I hear that uh, he's insufferable. Is Bruce Willis? So I don't, I'm sure. I don't think he and I would be the best of friends. I remember trap uh, fighting. I love the return of the trap fighting. <laughs> oh right, Marlins. There you go. Uh, Unbelievable. I, I remember. I was uh, back, back when Kevin Smith was enjoyable to listen to. Um, I, w- I was listening to one of his specials, and he was talking about directing that movie. Cop that, Out. Cop Out, exactly. And just railing on how horrible it is to work with Bruce Willis. Wow. Ugh. I think we've talked about that before. That's not, I, I don't know if Cop Out come up before. I think it has. Oh, wow. Jerry Harris, f- former Milwaukee Brewers security guard. All right. Nothing screams I should fight in the UFC than being a security guard for the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, our, our friend John Thomas is a security guard for the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> and yeah. he actually makes his appearance in UFC 27. <laughs> Unbelievable. Dude, uh, What's funny is, is my brother loves the movie Cop Out. I've never seen one second of it. Also, I don't think when it's when did you make your turn on Kevin Smith? Okay, so here, let me tell you what. I, I listened to Smodcast from the very beginning, and I thought it was amazing. Right around when, uh, when Zach and Miri did really badly and got really bad reviews, Kevin Smith got, like, super heavy into weed. And then every single – back to that one second. Harris, 6'8", 260, Varlin, 6'8", 300 pounds. These are giant, giant men, one from California, one from Alaska. So climates could not be more different. Uh, right after Zach and Miri did really poorly, like I said, Kevin Smith got really into weed. And all of a sudden, the Smodcast just got insufferable because it was really just about how much Kevin loves weed at this point. Weed and Wayne Gretzky. Um so that, on Wayne Gretzky. That was that was pretty much it for me. I I I fought through a couple of more, like maybe like five or six more after that. But it was just, it was over for me at that point. I I still like Kevin Smith, the human being. I think he's a good person, and he seems like you know he's both approachable and he's he's good to his fans and all of that stuff. Yeah, for sure. I just don't find Smodcast interesting anymore, and I used to think it was awesome. I see. I listened to I, I listened to Jay and Bob get old for a while, mm-hmm. or Jay and Silent Bob get old for a while, but that just became the same repetitive thing over and over again. Yeah. Even though I did just hear Kevin Smith on Hannibal Burris's podcast, and he was rather entertaining. Jerry Harris is not faring well. No, Kevin not Smith, faring well at all. Kevin Smith isn't. He's an entertaining storyteller. Yeah, but when you just yeah, it just it wasn't good. It, that's but the show used to be great. Like the early Smodcast, which apparently unfortunately you can't really listen to anymore, um, were awesome, and I, I was always excited. Varlin's just okay. The fight's over. Varlin's, I mean, just pounding on him. Yeah, Varlin's was I did a front flip. That's a pretty athletic move for a six eight three hundred pounder. Um, was oh no, Varlin's wasn't the uh, Nebraska offensive lineman or whatever. No, no. But, uh, yeah, he was just – got on top of of uh, Jerry Harris and just elbowing him in the back of the head. Went to town on him. Big John stopped the fight, and uh, the two embraced. Could not be more different, but giant, giant men. 
embracing in the center of the ring. A mutual respect amongst fighters. Six foot eight. How big is Big John? Big John's got to be six six. That's why I would put a six five, six six. I notice Buffer is not standing near the six eight people. No, he's staying far <laughs> as far away as possible. Uh, Jerry Harris, he is uh, he is taking this seriously. Like he is uh, waiting very patiently, and uh, good for uh, Varlins. Varlins, another terrifying man. So. Yeah, anyone who's 6'8", 300, and is willing to rain elbows on the back of my head as hard as he can, you know. And he's, yeah, he's talking about, yeah. like, can you get me into the Brewers game at this point? <laughs> Dude, uh, the fact that Varlins is from Alaska and he has that style haircut means that I've known, I've seen two people in my lifetime that from Alaska that have that exact same haircut, and those are the only two people I've ever known from Alaska. Shout out to my good buddy Dan Hardy uh, from the Alaskan region, being that he's from Alaska, and uh, you know former Idaho tight end turned Carolina Panther and Tampa Bay Buccaneer turned uh, knee injured retired football player. Does he also have that haircut? He does not. He's a he's a mixed race white and black man. Huh. Uh, a haircut more All similar right. to like a Mark Hall, if you will. Who we'll see again fight Paul Varlins in just a moment. Hey, and guess what? Paul Varlins gonna fight Dave Severin in UFC 7.5. <laughs> like, yeah, stop, you don't gotta worry about that stop though. Stop spoiling crap for me. UFC, come on. All right, a little bit longer fight here as we get into the next round. Marco Huas, Remco Pardo, and uh, let me know when you're ready to get this thing going. I'm pulling it up now. Yeah, a little bit of a longer one here. I am starting. All right, me too. A little, little bit of a here. 17 minutes, 35 seconds. Pardue. Huas. Huas, very sk- good square jaw. Very, uh. Very much so. Tough look. He looks like, yeah, looks more like a fighter in this picture than, uh, than previously, maybe. Pardue looks like a little kid. Yeah, it's weird. It's because it, of the way the picture's taken. It's very zoomed in. Yeah. It looks like he, like somebody took a weird picture of you when you were in like third grade. Right. It's a yearbook photo. Yeah. Exactly. No question. But it's not like the main yearbook photo. It's like they they like you missed photo day, so they just had to get one. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like to put in there. Yeah, it's like it's like the assistant principal just taking a picture of you real quick. Exactly. All right. So uh, what we got. Pardue, again, Hearts Auto. Shout out to Hearts Auto. wonder if they're still open. Let's find out. Probably. What is that? GTF? TGS. I think there's a J in there. Yeah, I'm there. Hearts Auto OSS Review. Let's see what what kind of reviews. Oh, four out of five stars on uh, a a super shady looking website. Uh, (laughs) All right, here we got Auto Week. Auto Week seems more legitimate than this. This website that I'm finding. Auto Week gives Hearts Auto. Oh, that is not an American. Oh, right. Let's get the old translate. <laughs> the old translate going. <laughs> Dealer reviews. <laughs> Listen, if they could sponsor Remco Pardo in 1995, it makes sense. Uh, well, I'm seeing a couple of websites which give them 8.5 out of 10 stars. So, ah, uh, see? Reputable business. Well, not going to steal your money. Yeah, you know, and you, that's good because you've got to really be able to find a, a mechanic you could trust. They couldn't have found out who else's 
age in between fights? It's still listed as question marks. <laughs> Somebody, nobody thought to ask him. We have Netherlands just, versus Brazil right here. It's just baffling. Baffling that it's a question mark situation. Uh, let's see what we've got. Bart Dragsta, and this is four months ago, by the way, this review. Uh, the translated version says, neat thing and an extremely correct in service. Bought a very neat Renault Grand Cetric, and uh, three and a three and a quarter <coughs> weeks later, a coil appeared broken. Live in Eindhoven and manufacture incorporation in Eindhoven and the bill. I could send it to Hearts, and this has been made neat. Exclamation point, exclamation point. So again, top service there, and very correct. Not to be missed. There is almost no way any of that is translated correctly. No, I wouldn't think so either. I would not think so either. And that's that's the... I mean, his name is Bart Dragsta. D-R-A-G-S-T-R-A. <laughs> so... <laughs> Bart Dragsta. Yeah, that's... Uh... Mikhail Kenziers gives him three out of five stars, and that was six months Eesh. ago. I don't know if you just call it Hearts Auto on a bad day. M- must have been. Uh, let's see what else we have. The uh, Roel Vertrart Vert- Vert- <laughs> sells reliable cars, which are often purchased brand dealers. Thumbs up. I mean, you can't argue. You can't argue with uh, with the customers' opinions, guys. If you need if if you need your car to be worked on in the Netherlands, Hearts Auto seems like the place to go. Yeah, Rob, I'm just gonna say that Rob Van Bokel gives him four <laughs> out of five stars. This is seven months ago, and uh, the original was just prima, which I would have thought meant good or something like that. But Google suggested it translates to before. So Rob's entire entire review is simply before. I, I for sure, when you said Rob Van, I thought you were going to say Rob Van Dam, and I was really going to have to think to why Rob Van Dam was was reviewing a Dutch auto sales place on the internet. I mean, look, these guys clearly <laughs> are reaching out to, to professional fighters. And also why Rob Van Dam would use his in-ring nickname <laughs> to do reviews online. Well, you really have to to have the same sort of credibility. That's a good point. That's a good point. Maybe they paid him multiple hundred dollars. Multiple hundreds. I was listening to a Doug Loves Movies last week, and uh, Doug referred to Colt Cabana as Scott. And, uh, Ooh, Scott, yes. Scott wasn't too thrilled with it. <laughs> no. It was very funny, though. I, I, was, I also listened to that episode. Rather hilarious. By the way, I'm going to take this forum to call out Ian Carmel right now. All right. Very <laughs> <laughs> super angry. Super frustrated with Ian Carmel, comedian from the Portland area. Uh, he was recently appeared on Doug Loves Movies. I thought, hey, this is, a, this is a funny guy. This is also not somebody I've ever heard of, so it stands to reason that I could probably get him on my show. Reached out to Mr. Carmel on, via Twitter, and uh, I said, hey, I heard, saw you on Doug Loves Movies. Big fan. Enjoy your podcast. I did actually listen to one, uh, the All Fantasy Everything podcast. And very enjoyable. I listened to the video games episode that also had Kamel Nanjiani on it. And uh, reached out and I said, hey, enjoyed you. Like your podcast. Love to have you come talk sports with me on my show someday. What did he do? He liked it, but he didn't respond. What the hell does – what good does that do for me? Your, your likes do nothing for me, Carmel. I mean, if he likes it, maybe people see that. And we, we start building up a brand here, Chris. One Carmel at a time. One Carmel at a time. 
That just does nothing for me. I hate it when I when I reach out to somebody, and I get it, they respond with a like, but not an actual response. <laughs> Gregory, I mean, have you ever do you have any experience reaching out to pseudo celebrities? Any interactions with pseudo celebrities on Twitter? Not on Twitter, not really. Well, you, uh, said, you said not on Twitter, so it makes me think that there's something. No, not really. I'm I'm not a big uh, I'm not a big reach out to pseudo celebrity guy. Well, see, sometimes I have a question and I want them to answer it. So, all right. So who is? I've had, I've had. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the show Shipping Wars, but Mark. <laughs> no. I asked Mark Springer a question and he answered it. Uh, who else? Ken Cage from uh, from Airplane Repo, and a couple of other people. Alton Brown from the Food Network, another one with the liking my question but not answering it. Screw you, Alton Brown. We're just burning bridges over here, Chris. So Alton Brown and Ian Carmel are not coming on the UFC commentaries. I think we can comfortably say that at this point. Interesting. A guy named after food and a guy famous for working with food. You're not wrong. Although I, <laughs> I, I don't think it's spelled the same way. Regardless, Pardue, Close enough. Pardue has has Marco Ruas in a, in a headlock kind of thing. He's, ha- and they're just he's had dancing. him in this headlock. Yeah, they're just kind of dancing, dancing on the cage. It Weird looks- knees. Ruas is trying to stomp feet. Yeah, I'm surprised because it feels like this is a position where you should theoretically be able to get a tap fairly easily, but not breaking Standing them. up, it's a little bit hard just to get the leverage. Well, why not DDT him is my question. Why not DDT him? You're in an excellent DDT position. Oh, you certainly could. You could certainly DDT drop to guard, you know, really show them who's boss. Uh, you could. And the DDT, I mean, it's a it's a powerful move, and it, it sends a message that I don't give a damn. It, it definitely sends that message, that will, particular message. I will DDT you to my heart's content. And look, I'm going to do this for Hearts Auto in the Netherlands. <laughs> Hearts Auto. If he wins, I'd want him to dedicate this to Hearts Auto. I mean, we'll never I mean, know. I feel like you'd have to. We'll never know because we don't hear the audio, but I'd like to think that that's something that is said. It'd be the first thing I would say. I want I, to thank Hearts Auto for flying me out here to Buffalo. Does it look like they're just talking to each other at this point and Pardue is like like nodding his head in agreement? It does a little bit because <laughs> it's a very it's a very it's very much a stalemate. What a weird position and what a weird like how weird does this look? Well, like Purdue I, has I, his like he has his left leg like up above the shoulder. They're so just kind of we- like, yeah, locking eyes. It's very very weird. Very really weird. staring deeply into each other's eyes. So Gregory, in modern day UFC, how long do these uh, how long do these fights last each uh, each period? Uh, each each round is round. five minutes. There you go. Each each round is five minutes, and they have. Regular fights are three five-minute rounds. Main events and championships are five five-minute rounds. We don't, not a lot of uh, not a lot of shots from people outside the cage today. The Huas gentleman is the the first one we've really seen, and you know nobody really holds a candle to that that fighter's mother who was there. Oh, Dan Severin, yeah, bringing his mom to every fight. I wonder if she'll be in uh, when in his next appearance. Okay, we got it. It looks he's going for the figure four. Going for the, the figure four. Or a right heel hook. Close no, enough. Figure four. I'm pretty sure it's a figure four, Greg. That's fine. I'm fine with a figure four. I'm a Ric Flair guy. What's his name? No, come on. Forget Ric Flair. It's Mr. Perfect. Okay, please. Ric Flair, no. 
He's not. Ric Flair he's not invented Kurt Henning. the figure he's four. He's not Kurt Henning. <laughs> Actually, interesting fact. My yes. reference earlier to Curtis Axel. Mm-hmm. Curtis Axel, real life son of Kurt Henning. I did not know who Curtis Axel was, but I will look now. Uh, Mr. Perfect's dead, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Some sort of supposed alleged drug may or may not have caused some sort of heart attack. Yeah, unfortunately, that seems like that happens quite a bit. I think we've discussed dead fighters on the show before, so. Yeah, the professional wrestling business has a litany of uh, uh, lives, it's claimed, based on a lot of that kind of stuff. Oh, wow. Uh, Good old Henning died quite some time ago. An article from June 17th, 2016 the summary is, Father's Day is this Sunday, but for the 13th year, WWE superstar Curtis Axel will not share that day with his dad. Yeah, 2013, or 2003, wow. Two, or 2004, yeah, 2003, 2004, depending on exactly when it was, but yeah. Jeez. Why is Kurt Axel not... Oh, wait, it actually says, why is Kurt Axel in the WWE, so that, <laughs> that adds, makes more sense. Yeah, not, not exactly the... Uh... The, the the biggest name in the WWE. Who are who are the big names in the WWE these days, Gregory? Currently, uh, Roman Reigns is a big name. John Cena's still up there. John Cena's still wrestling. Part, he's moved to more of a part time schedule because he goes and he goes away a lot, as far as like filming other projects and whatnot and doing other things. Uh, but he shows up a, a decent amount. He's always on WrestleMania. Mm. Uh, Seth Rollins is a pretty big name. I assume he's the younger brother of Henry Rollins. Uh, no, maybe. <laughs> um, your boy Brock Lesnar, he's a big name. For, um, Braun all, Strowman. Not sure why he's my boy, but interesting. Hey, Brock Lesnar's got to be like up there, right? He, he's fighting. Does he still fight in the UFC? He does not. He supposedly has retired from mixed martial arts after testing positive for steroids. Huge eh, shock. It happens. Um. Uh, and had to vacate his previous, his last win. He won the UFC last July and has a ban hanging over him from that. But because he's retired, that ban freezes. So interesting move. Um, Could have just rode that out if you weren't going to fight anyway. And then mm-hmm. if you ever wanted to make a quick cash score down the line, you could have came back at like 40 sure. and done some sort of weird super fight. Um, but hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I guess you just hate money. It's fine. Don't we um, all? We're not in it for Or hate money. getting punched in the face. One of the two. Doesn't uh, matter. Fun fact about Curtis Axel, Greg. Curtis Axel, real name, Joseph Curtis Henning. Yes. Uh, I would go, I'd go Joey Axel if it was me, not Curtis Axel, but that's just me. Or Joey yeah, they're trying to play up the, trying to play up the, uh, play the, uh, Kurt, Kurt Henning link, lineage. I guess. We, his, his name could just be Mr. Perfect's son. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, it's got a real they had that whole thing. They had that whole thing where they had like Cody Rhodes, who was Dusty Rhodes' son, teamed with wait, Ted DiBiase's kid. Wait a second. So, wait, I, is he? So he—that's third generation wrestler. This Cody Rhodes, right? Uh because I thought isn't no. I thought it was which one? Dustin Rhodes was the kid. That's Gold Dust. That's also Cody's brother. Okay, I was thinking that There's, the Dusty was the grandfather, then Dustin, then I I, no, I got my just, I got my roses mixed up. I apologize. There just there just happens to be an age discrepancy. I I apologize to everyone. I let you down there with my knowledge of the Rhodes family. 
<laughs> who lost? Who lost in an interesting position here? Little like side control. He's got like a weird choke going on. Yeah, Pardo looks like he's relaxing. He has one foot crossed over another, <laughs> like sitting in a chair. Yeah, he he's doing the thing that I do in the morning, where I cross one leg over the other when I'm in bed and trying not to go back to sleep, but also I want to close my eyes. <laughs> so that's a, a little look inside what goes on with me in the morning. Um, Curtis Axel, one last fun fact: he is starred in the Marine Five. He, he did. He did. With, I believe, Mike the Miz, Miz Annan from uh, MTV fame. Uh, you you would be correct there. Your knowledge of of the Miz Annan family and, and uh, what's his name, the Marine in general, very impressive. Uh, okay. Oh, I thought we – oh, we did have a tap who, out. Who, All right. Who, who, lost? Lost? who lost? Gained a tap, and I believe it's listed as a tap out due to position. Sure. So sure. basically, he had worked his way into a position and would have probably unloaded many, many strikes, and Pardue didn't want to deal with it. That's understandable. And, uh, you know, farewell to Hearts Auto, but they certainly got their money's worth for, you know, sponsoring, one would assume. Well, with a 12-plus minute fight, I mean, you're really, really getting your money's worth. Not a lot of big stars, by the way, Gregory, in the Marine 5. You're right. Oh, really? <laughs> Mike the Miz Mizanin is top build. And uh, I only uh, – I can imagine his wife, Maurice Mizanin. That would be his wife. Is second build, followed by Heath Miller, Trinity Vatu, Anne Van Hooft, Sandy Robson, Tony Skinner, Nathan Mitchell, Brad Kelly, Sharon Crandall, Joe Henning, and Taylor Heath, Heath Miller. Heath oh, Miller. First of all, Not there, that is Heath a, Miller. there is a litany – of WWE wrestlers in in that in that cast. Yeah, yeah. And I guess when it's produced by like WWE Studios, I guess it makes sense. But it's pretty much just wrestlers. Yeah. If IRS's kid was the last kid you mentioned, Rotundo. Here's a fun question: If if we're playing the Leonard Malton game, how many names would you need to come up with the Marine Five Battleground? How many names would I need? To be honest, I could probably get it in one. You hear, you hear Rotundo because you're going, you're going from the bottom. You know how the Leonard yeah. Maltin game works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You hear I'd Taylor go, Rotundo and you're going, okay, Marine Five Battleground. Yeah, because well, I wouldn't know battle, I wouldn't know the Battleground part. But as soon as I hear that, I'd have to think it's in the Marine franchise because uh, I believe Taylor Rotundo is uh, the WWE's Bo Dallas. Um, currently, that is, that is correct. That is, yeah. he was actually billed as Bo Washington in WWE Hell in a Cell TV movie in 2014. Uh, also in the TV series Swerved. One episode. It's not even. A, I like how they list it as TV series. It's a WWE Network original series. Oh, That's I great. Have, I have no idea what it is, dude. It's basically punked, but with WWE wrestlers. Oh, that sounds terrible. Oh, it, it is. Okay. Well, at least. At least my instinct was correct. <laughs> All right. That's why we're here. So that is Marco Huas advances to the next round, defeating Hearts Auto's own Remco Pardue. And uh, we're going to move on to our next fight, which is, oh, my boy. Whoa, this is a short one. And as I would imagine, look, I don't know who. I, I mean, at one point in my life when I opened this thing, I knew who was in the championship. I do not remember anymore. But I'm guessing that the 6'8", Varlins versus a, a very small Mark Hall, Varlins is going to win pretty quickly. 
We're going to find out, Chris. We are going to find out. Tell me when you're ready. I am ready. All right. We are. Let's do this thing. This I'm guessing this is real quick. Real, real quick win for Varlins. But we'll find Paul out. Paul Varlins looks like a young Big J Okerson in uh, his picture. I can see that. You know, shout out to my friend Nate Dennis, who I think he uh, he kind of resembles. But... Yeah, yeah, and Mark Hall just, he, I don't know, there's like, kind of like he looks like he's on meth. I'm not well, starting any rumors, but. I mean, I feel like you have to throw out an allegedly there. Parody law. No, I said he looks like, I didn't say he is. Oh, alright, well, that's fine. I'm not saying he allegedly looks like. Oh. <laughs> uh. Alright, Varley. That guy, maybe, you know go. what, it might not be an Expos hat. Yeah, it might like, be a, t- what do you think? It. It looks like a Tampa Bay Lightning hat. I can't. I don't know. I'm not the sure. best quality. I'm not sure. It's just like not like a Canada hat, to be honest with you. It could. It could just be a Canada hat. You know, it could just be like a Maple Leaf. You're right. I actually, I actually think that there was a hockey player in the middle of that logo. So, <laughs> well, like an NH. It's just an NHL logo. Yeah. Well, I mean, so it maybe like it's a Maple Leafs. Maybe that could be. Thing. Yeah. Who's the other? Who's the other hockey team? The, the Canucks doesn't feel like. There's the Canucks, the Canadians, uh, the Winnipeg Jets. So you're telling me that there's many hockey teams. The Senators. Based there's seven. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. Mark Hall with a very interesting arm motion that may or may not have resembled some sort of. I don't know. Uh, World War II referenced thing. I'm not sure. Uh, you're suggesting that there's some, uh, some. Oh, well, you know what? We'll leave that alone. Varlin's, yeah. Varlin's 25 year old trap fighter, six eight, three hundred. Mark Hall, Mo Yido, 34 years old, six foot one ninety. So a 110 pound weight advantage for Paul Varlin's. Hmm. I wonder how this one's gonna go. I think it's a quick win for Mark Hall, Greg. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> well, he did lead right out with a oh, jumping no. punch. <laughs> yeah, he has to though, because he has to punch upwards to get to Farlands. Yeah, it's a good point. That this is screaming for like an over the like over the head suplex. Yeah. But all right, so this has got to be a quick tap, right? Varlins it can't. Got, it can't go much longer. Farlands has got position on top of Mark Hall. Got him in like a kind of a choke, but not really. Just trying to rip oh. his head off. Mark and punching him in the face. That oh, punch Paul was definitely was, a tough one. Paul was just like, like gouging the eyes, trying to get out of this. And uh, I thought that might have been a, I thought that might have been the makings of a tap, but no. Paul's gonna stick it out a little bit longer. Actually, does land some blows to the head of Paul Varlins as he tries to get the oh, big man, man off of him. Varlins on top. There, this is gonna be over quickly. I just. Getting into that position where he has complete dominance, and he's he's going to his go-to move, which seems to be elbows down on the head, and there's the tap. Mark Hall is out. Paul Varlins advances to the finals of UFC Seven. I don't remember the subtitle. Look at the uh, b- b- the brawl in Buffalo. Well, sure. I mean, that's that, that, that's that not is even fair. Gary, dude, and a hundred and ten pound advantage, and he is just reaching. Over the ring to hug these yeah. people. Didn't even have to like try to jump up to like catch anybody. He literally just walked over and reached down. And that's probably for the best because I do not know that this ring is made to support him jumping on it. 
Oh, man, yeah, there's been a couple times he's banged into it early on in what we've been watching this, and it has not been uh, not been good. Look at the, the reactions of this guy right above Varlins is amazing. <laughs> he, uh, he thinks Varlins is going to kill this guy. <laughs> well, that was, uh, oh, a big celebration there from the big man. Uh, uh, Paul Varlins, ladies and gentlemen. The scariest of all. I mean, I, that is just, like, look at what his head is. Can I tell you, I'm turning into a pretty big Paul Varlins fan. It's hard not to be. Uh, he's a, he's a likable, charismatic man, and he uh, defeated Mark Hall in one minute and four seconds. God, it just gets it just gets smaller and smaller in that little lineup of, uh, of Varlins, Big John, and Mark Hall. Yeah, yeah, it's literally largest to smallest. Little, uh, little congratulatory pat on the butt from Big John to Paul Varlins. <laughs> he, uh, big man respects big man. It's hard not to. You almost have to, Fight. especially because I'm pretty sure that Paul Varlins could eat Big John's, like, could eat Big John for breakfast. All right, here we are. We are now at the finals. Of the ball and bruff, the ball and buffalo, the brawl in buffalo UFC seven. It's some twenty-two years ago. Marco Huas, Paul Varlins. Let's get it on. I'm ready. Let's go then. I like how uh, uh, when I was when, as I was putting pulling this fight up, mm-hmm. it said uh, it said Marco Huas, Marco Huas the King of the streets. Maybe that's <laughs> why he doesn't have the age listed. I love this. I love this. Uh, this little bracket that they have on the screen. It's yes, excellent. That's uh, that's how brackets are supposed to look. I mean, that is high quality graphic. Somebody work. created that in paint. <laughs> <laughs> they pulled out their their iMac and pulled that put that together there no way it was done with that level of technology that's a good point. that's a good point iMac would have been a little bit later on no way like when that, did the that, iMac come out 98 I don't know but that looked hand-drawn to me quite frankly it very well could have been they just had somebody just doodling their uh, their their bracket right there what is going on with this this woman's hair I'm not sure. Like, was she frightened I... immediately before this? Did, did she touch? Did she touch one of those, um, like the static balls? I forget. What yeah, like those science. Like you see, like a science fair. Exactly. Exactly. It's uh, it's a real possibility. Varlins three and one in the octagon. Marco Huas. It looks like Varlins has actually grown a little more facial hair since the last fight. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know how that happened. It couldn't have been that much time in between. You would not think so. Trap fighting making a comeback. Coming back strong here. Marco Huas does not seem concerned. 2-0 Chris, if you, if you ever want to get me some sort of gift yeah. uh, for like a man cave, sure. the giant card that says trap fighting would be high on my list. I'll make you one in paint, Greg. <laughs> you could probably do that. All right, who else ready to go? I like this. I want to know what this guy behind him is. Uh, Mark, who else's expression has not changed whether he was winning or losing, whether he when he whether he won the fight. He, he doesn't ever change his emotion. Varlin's wasting little time to no, try and engage. Who else very similar to uh, to the the early dominating guy 
whose name is Gracie. Hoist Gracie, and that that, and kind of like in a Tim Duncan esque fashion, where win, loser, draw, you're gonna have the same expression on your face. That's true. We had an argument last night uh, about whether or not if the Spurs currently had Tim Duncan, would they be in better position, a better position against the Warriors? Worst position. Worst, yeah, worst probably. Position. Timmy D, you, you respect what he did as long as he did it, but you know he wasn't really bringing a ton at the end of his career, and and Aldridge is playing fairly well for the Spurs. That's true. What, where do you stand on the uh, the Pachulia thing? I asked. I asked. Uh, oh, somebody's bleeding. I, th- I believe Paul. it's Varlins. Paul Varlins is bleeding. Where do I from, stand? From like the bridge of his nose. So look, Zaza's unquestionably a dirty player. Um, and and while while this looked pretty good in terms of it not being an overt dirty play, what what really makes me think that he did it on purpose is that he never looks back after it happens. Yeah, he immediately turns and goes. And uh, you know, if that was if that was me or any human being with a conscience, who who you know, you're looking back to see if this person's okay because you have just caused them injury. Didn't seem to concern Zaza. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't that worried about it, and he just kind of turned and then immediately looked to complain when the ref called a foul. Yeah, well, I mean, as terrible as it sounds, good foul for the Warriors in terms of. Uh, is winning in terms of winning this series. Hey, do you think? Because we now have uh, we now have two teams that are that are uh, still unbeaten in the playoffs. Do you think there's a chance at this point that we're going to see two 12 and 0 teams squaring off in the finals? Oh, uh, I'll answer that in a second. Oh my God, Mar- he's trying Marlins to kill that man. With a standing guillotine, lifting lifting Huas off the ground. Like, completely. Like, where all of his weight was basically supported by Varlins' arms across his neck. Yeah, how did he not? How did he survive that? I don't know. Like, how did he not break his neck? That's wild. That was a wild exchange. Yeah, that was one of the like, craziest moves that I've seen in seven UFCs plus a Kimbo slice. <sighs> Lost episode. Yeah, right. It's, uh... Yeah, that was crazy. What do you think? Do they both teams get to 12-0? I think the Celtics have a better chance of stealing a game than the Spurs do, especially with no Kawhi and no Tony Parker. Well, Tony Parker um, kind of stinks at this point. Well, I understand that, but he at least gives you a little bit of veteran presence. You know what I mean? Was there a ruling um, on Kawhi's availability at this point? I don't think so, but I think the extended time. Yo, can I can I voice a major complaint that I have with the NBA? The uh, spacing between these NBA playoff games is the is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Well, Dude. I think I think this is kind of a function of one series went four and the other one went uh, went long in terms of that, that seven-game Warrior um, uh, Celtics-Wizards series. I'm, they have because you're right. It was weird. What's it? Uh, Golden State and San Antonio played the first two games before Cleveland and Boston even kicked off. Now Cleveland and Boston play these next two games, and that creates this artificially long period for the, uh, the Spurs-Warriors to be off. Right. So, so, but my here, here's where my problem starts. Mm-hmm. Game. First of all, the first round took about three and a half weeks, which was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. But you have game seven, game six of the Celtics Wizards series was on a Friday night, mm-hmm. right? Then you had the first game of the Western Conference Finals on that Sunday. Mm-hmm. Then 
you had two off days between game six and seven of that Eastern Conference final se- or semifinal series. The fact that they went Friday to Monday mm-hmm. is just just ridiculous. Well, it's just could, ridiculous. But the problem is they couldn't play on Sunday because that was that was when the first round game was scheduled for the Warriors. Because you know you do have to schedule these early games. And oh my God, who watched just jumping on the back of Paul Varlins at this point? And <laughs> Varlins does not seem affected. Uh, Varlins loves the the like random no look elbow. Yeah, just try, really trying to get any sort of traction. But who, who else looks like he's like a little kid trying to like, like pull down like a much larger kid? Yes, yes, this is very David and Goliathy. Ridiculous, ridiculous size differential. But yeah, I mean, this the series is weird because if, if you let it go organically, then Golden State. Because let's not kid ourselves, they're probably going to sweep the Spurs at this point. I mean, they won by thirty six the other night. Um. There's there's a realistic chance that they would have had like ten days off waiting for the finals to start. Oh well, obviously, obviously, when it comes to the conference finals, you have to match out correctly. But the fact that you start the Western Conference Finals before you start—that was weird. That like before the Eastern Conference semifinals are done just yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. Also, two, two off between a game six and game seven is is just ridiculous. It should be one off day. And that Sunday, it should have been Sunday night on Mother's Day is when it should have – that game seven should have been. Instead, it was that Monday night game, and it was whatever. Yeah, a little bit weird for sure. I don't, Also, uh, yeah. I'm going to argue with the NHL as well. Okay. They get pulled into this too. Yeah. You had – Monday night, you had game two of the Eastern Conference Finals, the Senators and the Penguins uh, all lined up for, for that night. Mm. You had NBA game seven. If you're the NHL and you want people to watch your product, especially because the Senators are not a huge draw in America uh, or just in general, and the Penguins are obviously you know, defending Stanley Cup champions, start that game at 7 o'clock. Start it at 7.30. I know you have to worry about the West Coast stuff, yeah. but you're going head-to-head with Game 7 of a basketball thing. Basketball is clearly the more popular sport. You're, you're, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage from a rating standpoint. You just are. I watched way more of that game seven than I did of, of the game two. I mean, obviously you could say, oh, well, the game seven is obviously more important. Yeah, of course it is. But yeah, I, I'm a guy who during the regular season, I'm going to watch hockey over basketball pretty much every day of the week. So you, you by starting at the same time, you're losing viewership. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, again, you can't start a game that early because you're not going to get the viewership you want on the West Coast and TV dollars are – all anybody's really concerned about, but I certainly see where you're coming from. It would like it would be tough for me. Uh, the The adjustment for me in terms of sports moving to the West Coast has been has been a very like pronounced one because first of all, football at 10 a.m. stinks. It stinks. Like I know it's kind of cool that it's like okay, one o'clock, four o'clock, the games are over and you're you can go on with the rest of your day rather than it football being this whole big all-day thing sure but, but it's it's too early too many times like because it's sunday you want to sleep in too many times like i'm getting up at like 9 25 and i'm like oh i have to get ready for football in like 20 minutes yeah i i mean i i enjoyed the aspect of like getting home from work and monday night football being on oh, that's like great. within within like three minutes let me tell you what, you've never lived until you've woken up at 9.30 in the morning and showed up at a Buffalo Wild Wings at 10 a.m. <laughs> to watch an Eagles-Packers game. 
Um, well, I would never do. Why would just get get Sunday ticket? You watch that in the comfort I, of your own I, home. I, I lived in an apartment. I couldn't get it. Well, well that's we don't have uh, we don't have Directv. We just have Sunday ticket through. We just have the uh, Sunday ticket TV thing, it, and we get we it was get through the app. It was prior to that being available oh, that first that year. Stinks. Yeah, so. Um, it, eventually, eventually, it became available. Plus, I worked a lot of weekends, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because of my former employer. Yeah, uh, Petco. So it, it wasn't as yeah. I would have I would have <laughs> done I would have done twenty years of Petco before I go back and ever did five more years at, at uh, good old good yeah exactly <laughs> no, but uh, so that it wasn't always advantageous because I when I first moved out there the first year. The first apartment we lived in just for some reason randomly had the MLB package. Like, we never paid for it. It was just there. That's nice. So I got Phillies games. But then I ordered the – oops, splitting up the – moving them off the cage, probably because Varlins was l- grabbing over top of the cage and grabbing the outside of it. Yeah, seems unfair. Stay up. Seems unfair. Yeah, just a tiny bit. Getting a little bit of a restart from Big John. Uh, but I got I, – I bought the NHL package, and by the time I would get home from work – I'd get home in like the third period because yeah. of my schedule, because of my commute. The game started at four o'clock most days, four thirty. So it. it was almost it was almost not worth it. So it is interesting. Also, waking up at four a.m. to watch the Sochi uh, hockey games was uh, was terrible. Yeah, I will tell you. Obviously, you know, I work out of my home, so I love I love basketball games at four o'clock in the afternoon. That's oh, great. I will absolutely love that. And, you know, like you said, Monday night game, Sunday night game, starting at 5, 5.30, that, that's excellent too. But these, these 10 o'clock in the morning starts, and even earlier for college football. I mean, college football could be on as early as 8 a.m. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched many a Penn State game at 9 a.m., the, those noon games where they'd be playing like Akron or Toledo State. Hey, that Toledo State team was tough. Oh, stop it. <laughs> I don't think Toledo State's a thing, by the way. I don't Toledo either. State I think University? I just made that up. I'll, I'll, there's I'll, no way. I know there's Toledo, but that's the University of Toledo. Here's the question. Is Toledo State University a thing? There can't be. There's no way that the city of Toledo has two <laughs> universities. <laughs> uh, for the record, there is no Toledo State University. I'm glad we checked. Wow, vicious elbow from Huas, who may have broken his hand on that. Uh, all right, so we've got a couple minutes left in this fight. Varlin's just like he he seems undeterred. I'm gonna be honest. For I expected Varlin's to be exhausted yeah. by about five minutes in, and he's kept up pretty well. I mean, you're 11 minutes into this fight, and he, you know he's definitely slowed down, but not to the point where I've expected him to. Yeah, also, doing, doing a nice job blocking those uh, leg kicks. Yeah, re- I was just gonna say that he's really checking leg kicks, which I mean. In this day and age, wasn't exactly the, you know, a, a known technique as far as, you know, when we see it now. But really, really interesting and, and good defense for, for a guy, you know, who's an expert in trap fighting. Uh, which is made up. Is that a Michigan State tattoo on his I was thinking the same thing. It very well could be. I mean, he's from... Of his left leg? He's from Canada. Isn't he from... Is he from Canada or Alaska? No, he's from Alaska. Paul Varland's we're gonna find out. I thought he was a Canadian, but nah, that was Harold Howard. Well, that's certainly true. We all know who <laughs> Harold Howard is. 
Um, uh, Varlin's actually born in Sunnyvale, California. Of course. Fighting out of Fairbanks, Alaska. Why? I'm not sure that how he ended up. Oh, look, I would love to have Paul Varlin's on the show and he could tell us a story about how he went from Sunnyvale, California and ended up in Fairbanks, Alaska. You know what, man? From living on the West Coast, I swear to God, uh, people just move north. Like, you know, on the East, <laughs> on the East Coast... On the East Coast, people move south. On the West Coast, people move north. They go from, like, San Diego. Then they'll, like, spend a couple years in, like, the San Fran area. Then all of a sudden, they're in, like, Eugene, Oregon. Uh, They end up somewhere in, like, the middle of Washington. And then by the end of it, they're out in, like, you know, snowshoe Alaska. It's just just, it's weird. We're actually uh, talking about going the other way. I am currently in that San Fran region. And uh, we're talking about moving a little bit further down south. Oh yeah, a little uh, a little closer to L.A. Not a terrible move. Not in L.A. because that would be exorbitantly expensive. But uh, this this would be this is probably a couple years off. But this is yeah. I Oof. think the next move is going to be uh, down south. And okay, so who else is making some inroads now? Yeah, those leg kicks just Barlin's chopping him down. And seems like the big man's not going to get back up. Is my guess. He's just. Ruas raining punches on Varlins. The fight has been stopped by Big John, who just flat out tackled Ruas. Uh, Varlins, that's a <laughs> interesting expression on his face. Uh, and this I jerk, mean, this jerk wearing a cowboy's hat. Yeah, get out of there. That was, I mean, oh man. I mean, you're oh, talking man. about chopping leg kicks that just took it took everything out of Varlins very quickly. When those started really connecting, it was. It was bad. Yeah, Varlins is – he's spent at this point. And Marco Huas, our UFC 7 champion, the battle in Buffalo. It is It is big to note that we are leaving out the super fight again this week because nobody stupid. wants to sit through a 33-minute draw. Yeah, this super fights. I mean, maybe they get more interesting as, as we progress, but they're just they're just stupid and pointless at this point. It's a lot of it's because it's a lot of wrestlers. It's a lot of wrestler grappler guys, and you end up with some very boring, boring trade offs. Well, right, and you know, I made a, a real effort to try and talk more about what was actually going on in the fights this week than because I know other times and you get you get these half hour fights, and you know, that is the end, by the way, of UFC seven. Uh, you get in these half hour fights. And, you know, naturally no. your interest wanes and you start talking about random other things. For sure. For sure. So this was this was a nice change because for the most part, like seven, seven and a half to eight minute fights, more, you know, you don't lose your attention. Okay. That uh, UFC 7 worked out pretty well for us, I would say. Yeah, I would say so. And, that, and now the decision becomes if we cover UFC seven and a half or jump right to eight what is your what does your gut say greg crone what do you think do we uh set how, how long is seven and a half i took a look at some stuff earlier and it looks like there could be a few lengthy fights but uh you know we, we can always take a peek well I'm gonna, I'm gonna check right now we're gonna see how long ufc seven and a half the ulti- ultimate ultimate 95 this is uh a total of when it loads, we will find out. Okay, so yeah, it's a, it's a total of almost two hours long. 
is and this is this is another tournament kind of thing, or this is just a bunch it, of what? So it, it is it is a tournament, and it's only a tournament. Uh, it is the first time though that they actually have time limits on these fights, so they go to decisions um, in a lot of them. So, fifteen minute time limit for the quarterfinals, oh. eighteen minute time limit for semifinal rounds, and the final has a twenty seven minute time limit with a three minute overtime option. Yeah, so UFC seven and a half is just a tale of different rounds. In this first round, you have four minute fight, five minute fight three-and-a-half-minute fight, four-and-a-half-minute fight, and then it's 22-22-34. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't, even, I don't know how we even do that. I mean, you're looking at 70 minutes, basically, the for the... the last three rounds, right. Or yeah, the for the last three, three fights. So, and we can not, try. Let's not kid ourselves. These long fights are not going to be interesting. Uh, yeah, well, especially because they're going to decisions, a lot of them, most it's, likely. It's so. Severin, and Severin just wants to lay on top of people. Severin wants to prove that he's the best Olympic wrestler or potential Olympic wrestler in the world. But at the same time, do we have an obligation to cover them all? I mean, Chris, I mean, we're here to, we're here to do, you know, anything, you know, cover these, so... I don't know. It might it might it might be necessary. We've got we've got a week to make that decision and uh, it'll be an interesting cliffhanger to leave it on. Will we cover UFC seven and a half? Will we jump right to eight? Leaving the year nineteen ninety five entirely. Tune in next week to find out. Until then, I've been Chris Howardell. He's been Greg Crone. This has been UFC seven. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week.